Hey, I am back. As you can see, not see, uh, as you can see with your ears, I'm back. I am working on a cold, too. I'm on the back end of it. It has seemed to solidify and is now in the upper regions of the sinus passages, which is, I mean, for me, a lot better than when it's you know, lower, and then it's in the throat, and it's burning, and whatever, but this is a lot better for me, even though I sound like death, I'm not feeling like death, I feel good, I actually did a short workout today, so I feel pretty good, um, I've been gone for a couple of months, I have, I don't know where I left off, but I'll just, uh, start from here, I moved to a different country, I live in Greece now, in Crete, it's a beautiful island, and uh, so I've just been moving, you know, all my stuff in, and making sure that my levels are good. Oh, I'm making. I'm gonna look in the mirror here. I've been moving. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah 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 yeah. I've been moving all my stuff. Uh, moved into a house and then had all my stuff and then building up the house and then, you know, um, just situ getting situated at work and then doing a lot of traveling, uh, to go see the family in Spain and, uh, Italy and, and all that uh, kind of stuff. And, uh, so I got to a point now where I, I can pick it up again and that's it. Here we are. Uh, it's been a good, it's been a, it's been a rough, uh, there's been some rough patches, but it's good, you know, you got to sort of keep mowing on through um, whenever you're feeling a certain way, and you got to pick yourself up, and you, you got to dust it off and go. There's this, there's been this uh, idea that I've heard from many different um, avenues, um, basically trying to observe yourself, um, from the outside and kind of like you're, you know, you're taking care of a friend really. Um, but to trying to take that observation of yourself and, you know, if you had a friend that had, you know, these, this kind of situation that he's in or whatever, well, you know, what kind of advice would you give him? You know what I mean? I've been taking that own, uh, my own medicine there for, for a couple months and it's been really, really helped me out. So, Without further ado, this episode is with Ephraim Wirtz. Ephraim is a good, 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 one of my best friends. Uh, I've known him for a while, for a long, let's see, nine, maybe like nine years now. I don't know, no, not that long. I'm like, yeah, I don't know, seven, seven to nine years. We first met when uh, we both lived in Spain, and then um, we just, you know, liked each other so we started hanging out and then our our families liked each other and it was uh, obviously when you're when you're married like that it's like a, that's like a huge thing whenever the wife likes the wife and the kids like the kids and, you, and the dude likes the oh you, this is like one of the greatest things ever so uh we started hanging out and then uh Ephraim wanted to play dr I'm breathing all heavy I don't know why I'm just walking around as I'm saying this stuff I'm walking around my apartment like a crazy man so I played drums. Uh, Ephraim said always that he wanted to learn how to play guitar, 
So uh, one day, he, he either had a guitar already or I let him borrow one that I have because I just kind of plunker around on it. And I uh, showed him a couple chords, the ones that I knew, you know, like an E, G, D, A, the, you know, those the, the easy ones. And um, from there, man, he just started playing and playing and then getting lessons and playing some more. And, yeah, um, started singing, too. And now he just came out with four separate songs. His EP is called It Will Be Okay. It's on Spotify. Uh, I believe elsewhere as well. And the music videos that accompany it are on YouTube. Uh, and then in the episode, we recorded it in Pensacola in March because uh, I was leaving in, Mar uh, in, in March or April time frame. He came and visited me for St. Patrick's Day, and so we we you know just hung out and we went to this. Uh, there was some park that's downtown there on Palafox. Um, I forget the name of the park, and we just sort of set it up and just started talking away. And I mean, Ephraim's a good friend of mine, so we naturally just you know talk well and converse well. But we tried to stick to the topic of music. Uh, and his music, and his life, and his story. We we tried to stick with that. So that's it. I hope you enjoy it. Um, I got some more episodes coming up, and I got some uh, articles coming up too. And I hope you read. I hope you share if you like. Um, you know, give me a shout out and say what up on uh, all the avenues on uh, Substack or the email or even on Instagram or. Whatever, I'd like to hear from you. Um, and that's it. All right, thanks for listening. So out here in, this is just a side thing I had to record it afterwards, but out here in, in Crete, they have, in the summertime, they have a huge, uh, infestation is not the right word, but it's, it's one I'm going to use, infestation of the insect cicadas. <coughs> excuse me, cicadas. It's C-I-C-A-D-A-S. And they are loud. I mean, loud. And it's funny. They only bother everyone when the sun's up, which unfortunately is like all day here in the wintertime or summertime. Man, I'm totally messing this up. Anyway, it's amazing because as soon as the sun goes down, they don't, you don't hear them. But then in the morning, if you wake up before the sun or the sun's slowly rising, you know, and you wake up and then, and, and you kind of wake up and you kind of nod back to sleep and you wake up. But as soon, you, the more that you wake up, the more you hear them. And as soon as the sun sort of comes over the horizon, they just, they start, man. So I don't know if you can hear them. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me turn up the gain. Hang on a second. I hear that? It's like they're, it's just like a, thousands and millions of little tiny insect violins just not in tune and yeah anyway is what it is peace
on my list of topics but it was on number I know three, it was, three or four. it, it was, was in there, there. Yeah, it, was, it, it was, was in there and you work your way around to that eventually it was in your the, <laughs> in one of the boxes in your mind I know it was what was your what was your initial like, when you started playing guitar it, I was there yeah man that I, was in wait what two, 2014 four, December of 2014 December of 14 yep and then you cuz you had always talked about just being interested in singing. Yeah, I wanted to sing. Like, I, you know, growing up, I, I sang in the church. And, um, you know, I went to church three times a week, and there was always singing. And then, like, you know, we had a little choir for the kids. And, you know, my music, you know, person there at the church liked, liked my voice because I could carry a tune, you know. And so she had me do some solos. And, um, and then in high school, I, you know, I, I tried out for this. Choir at uh, Ozark Christian College in Missouri. Mm-hmm. Took like two years in a row. I think it was in my yeah my eleventh and twelfth grade years. In the summer, I went down there. Like you had to audition and send a tape in, and then you'd go down and you'd spend two weeks at the college preparing, like just practicing with the group. And then they'd split. There were two different groups. One would do the east side, and one would do the west side. And there was about 40 people total, so each group had like 20 dudes, like half girls and half boys. And uh, and we'd just drive around for another two weeks on a bus and um, to different churches. And every time we'd stop at a church, you know, somebody, families of the church would host us at their house, you know. So it was a really cool experience because you met a lot of different people. And um, you got to stay at different houses. And uh, that's that's really when I saw most of my big experience about traveling the country. I think I went as far west as Colorado the one time. And then the first year I went, I was on the east side, so it was more territory I was familiar with. But yeah, I had, you know, I'd, I'd done a bunch of odd jobs, went to college, just trying to, you know, make more money and get promoted. And yeah, in December 2014, I kind of hit a wall with my career and I was frustrated where I was at. And you know, and I just, it was always, you know, every time I'd see bands playing or whatever, Man, it would, it would have been really fun just to be a lead singer in a band, you know. And I thought that would, it would be something exciting, you know, getting up in front of people. And uh, something I always liked to do. And I, I was like, man, you know, this, this is a good place. Like, they got, like, people to go around and sing. So I thought, I'd, you know, I'd try, you know, playing covers and uh, not playing an instrument. You know, I reached out to my, this guy, Steve Bond, that played at the school. He was really good on piano. And he was playing with this guy that used to sing with him, and then the guy left for Italy or whatever. This, uh, this was in, and now, like, speeding up, this is in, while you're in Spain? Yeah, this is around in 2014, okay. you know, and I, so I asked Steve if he wanted me to try singing some stuff with him at bars, and he was like, oh, yeah, and then he kind of hemmed and hawed, and it never really came together. Um, 
And I, you know, one of my challenges with cover stuff is that my voice is pretty low. So most songs in the original key are kind of a strain. That's not really my best range. And I, you know, so, so playing with other people was always hard because I'd have to ask them to like down tune or change the key or whatever. And that's complicated. And um, not very many people want to do that shit for somebody who's not really that great at singing. Like, I'm okay. Um, and then I was really excited, at, you know. Well, actually, let me go back. So my idea was, hey, I can't get, I can't find people to play with that are already playing musical instruments, so maybe I can try playing one on my own, you know. And my father-in-law, you know, was he used to have a band and was pretty good on guitar, so I, you know, I always went to Italy for Christmas. And that year in December, I was like, screw it, I'm going to try to play guitar. And so he taught me some basic stuff there over Christmas break, and I was, you know, struggling through, you know, the D chord and. You know, because your finger, when you first start playing acoustic guitar, your fingers just don't. For one, you use different muscles, and your fingertips are all tender, and it's really hard. Like, it feels impossible sometimes to fret those first basic chords. And that's, I think a lot of people give up at that point, you know? And I ranged through it, and uh, had a lot of free time, and I fucking, you know, I, I drove the family nuts over the next few months just... You know, playing, the playing same, stuff over the and over song. again, and I was awful. Like, you know? what, what was, like, it was like, hey, I, did you do hey, hey, my, my? Yeah, I played that a lot. Well, that was a little further on because it's not, you know, it's not the simplest song okay. in the world. But yeah, I was, I was just playing, you know, like two chord songs, three chord songs. You know, I stumbled across Justin Guitar's website, which was really a good, uh, a good resource for me. I actually bought his little basic songbook. Um, because there was a lot of easy songs to get you started that you could get, but you know, because it's nice, you know, not just practicing but actually playing something. So it was a way to play songs while I was getting better at guitar. Um, so yeah, then that's you know, so most of my stuff I did on YouTube, you know, getting into it, and then and then I could you know I could change the tonality of the guitar to match my voice without worrying about you know transcribing like you know um, changing the key of the song just down tune it a half a step or down tune it a whole step and then play the original chords and it fit my voice better and uh, anyway I did a lot of experimentation because every song is different and some songs you know I didn't need a down tune or I'd use a capo or whatever um, <clears throat> I have to hang on a second I gotta press pause I gotta take credit for something I think I showed you how to play the first few chords dude you helped me, and you let me borrow that hummingbird guitar. That was okay, awesome. I remember. Because when I came back from, from Italy, I didn't have one. And you, yeah. yeah you, I played that for a while. Dude. Well, I'm going to go ahead and take credit for that. No, I you think were I major. Taught you an, I, taught, I taught you an E. No, and, 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 and seeing you and play. Yeah, yeah. And then seeing you play out and about, like, it really motivated me. And I, like, I haven't tried playing in the garage with you and Alex. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to sing. And I just couldn't get there. <laughs> you know? By the way, though, I can only fucking do the E and the A and the G. I've but always stayed of, there. But there's know? a lot of songs you can fucking play with that shit. E, A, G, D. I can't even fucking barely do the F. You know, what's that YouTube video, Axes of Awesome or whatever, where they play like yeah, you yeah. Know, a bunch of different pop songs <laughs> yeah, with the same yeah, four yeah. chords? I mean, yeah. you know, it doesn't... You know, that's the beauty of music is you can make it complicated and sound good or you can make it simple and sound good. Well, like we were talking about the other day, it's like there's only, there's only 12 notes. natural notes. Yeah, and, and, you, and there's so many different ways you can put those together. And some, you know, some of the you know, most popular songs in history are just they're not that complicated, you know. And some of them are. 
Um, yeah, like the, the 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 fact that a song is complicated doesn't mean that it's more beautiful or that it's better. No, it should. I mean, it's like any art. Like it, it should just convey something to the listener. And and I think that you know if you can do that, it doesn't matter the complexity. It's just you want to make whoever's listening to it feel something. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be what you feel when you made it or when you play it. You know, it can make them, it might make them feel something completely different. But yeah, if you can connect to the listener somehow through your art or the viewer if you're a painter, that's what that's what art's all about. You know. And then you started, so you started doing doing those cards. You bought that hummingbird, and then you started playing. Um, but uh, and I remember I did we remember that one time we were we were rehearsing in your garage and your father-in-law. Yeah, he was, he, was, uh, he was over, and he came down, and we were playing a Beatles song, and he was like, wait, wait, that's not how the riff goes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know? and, he was like, and he was a little rusty because he hadn't played for a while, but yeah, he was really good. He had a band called the uh, the Scorpions in Vicenza back in the day, and he was the lead guitarist, and they, they actually had, they made some original songs. You can find them on YouTube still. It was cool, you know. That's still like <laughs> a super fond memory for me, like being able to like play. No, and he like, came. Like, he came to your house one time to listen to you and uh, Ben. Like that's ben right. Was there? Ben was there. We were sitting on the floor in that Ian, little room. Ian was was there. I think Ian was playing bass or something. I Ben was lead guitar. I think yeah. Ian played bass. No, that time I don't. I don't know that. I think it was just you and, and me ben. and Ben. I think so. Okay. Or maybe you had that lead singer that was. The other guy played a couple yeah. Offspring songs. That's that right. Festival. He may have been there. Yeah. But no, my father-in-law really—he—he he was like, yeah, he's really the one that got me started with guitar, and um, and then you know Tyler helped me out, and you know obviously the YouTube stuff, and then I and I did sign up for courses at uh, Andante's uh, music school in Rota, and and that was really good. Like it opened up a lot of. Areas of music that I didn't know were there, um, but it was the language barrier was it was really a problem because and, and like my, my guitar lessons like Juan's an awesome guitarist and I think he does a great job you know teaching but I kind of went in there knowing by the time I went there I knew a lot of stuff and I don't think he really knew where to start with me like I think he did better with the younger people that were just starting because he had like a you know. A, logical progression mm-hmm. <clears throat> and with me it was like I'd show up there and be like what do you want to learn this week Ephraim and I'm like dude if, if I knew what I wanted to learn I'd just google it you know and look at it on YouTube like, yeah. I was trying to I was trying to get him to like help me fill in the gaps that I was lacking in with guitar and we never really got to that point and then we you know part of the lesson part of the, the price was music theory like I do one session a week with the one-on-one guitar and then I do a, a group session for music theory and the first year I did it I really kept up because um, he was using, he put a lot of notes on the on the whiteboard and I was able to copy it down and really wrap my brain around it. And then the second year that I went, it got more complicated and he wasn't doing as many notes and I just, like already music theory is not the simplest thing in the world and trying to do it in Spanish, like I think I learned more Spanish than I did music theory, but at a certain point I was like, this isn't. You know, it's not working out. Yeah, for you. between the guitar lessons and the music theory, I, I'm not getting my money's out of, worth out of this. <clears throat> um, and, and another part about that that was a really good experience was the uh, they called a combo where they had like a an extra session on Saturdays where you actually played in a band. So, you know, I was the rhythm guitar guy. And we had a lead guitarist and a drummer, 
and uh, the singer wasn't always the same. But that was a great experience for me because we actually got like, you know, a set together and we played in the auditorium there in Rhoda and uh, like all the family members showed up. There was like 250, 300 people there. And, um, and I didn't sing on that one, but you know, we played uh, Personal Jesus, we played uh, My Friends by Red Hot Chili Peppers, we, we uh, played Layla by Eric Clapton. And uh, it was really, it was my first like, you know, public performance as a guitarist and it was a good experience and it was like the whole dynamic of playing in a band was a lot of fun and uh, that was super cool um, and you guys played it you guys built up over a couple months you guys played a show yeah yeah that was you know there at the auditorium and it, right. it came out good uh, we had a girl singing a guy sang on one of the songs but it sounded good like I, I you know a buddy of mine's mother took a video from the audience on her phone and sent it to me um, do you think do you think that, um, like playing in a band, I will, I'd say when you're, especially in a, in a, in a learning environment like that, do you think that that helped you with your own playing as well? Like individually, obviously you have to play a certain way when you're in a band. Cause it's a, in essence, I think that's one of the reasons why you start learning an instrument is cause you want to be able to eventually play with other people. Right. Yeah. I think music is really, a, I mean, it, it's a super cool social phenomenal I'm playing in a band because you're everybody has their own little assignment and you you know it doesn't you know that there are certain songs that are designed to play by yourself you know like piano is really good for that you know blues guitar is good for that but a lot of things you, you just need a group to do and if everybody does their little piece the the end product is like more than the sum of its parts and it's just something that yeah, it really feels good whenever you're all doing something together and creating something together, even if it's somebody else's stuff, you know. And it forces you to play on time, you know, it forces you to be aware of what everybody else is doing, which when you're by yourself, you know, it's easy not to be aware of that stuff. And that was a lot of fun, and I, I really enjoyed that part of it. Um, on that note, like, one of my major... Like, this was a big deal for me. I was... I can't remember, it was probably 2018 or so... I was standing in line for the movie theater on base. And I think I had like a Guns N' Roses t-shirt on or something, which I'm actually wearing right now. I wear it a lot. Um, and this dude in line behind me was like, oh, hey, man, you look like you're into music. You know, I got a band, and our lead singer just PCS'd. Do you know anybody that sings that would want to play in a band? And I was like, I like to sing, <laughs> you know? He's like, oh, really? Well, why don't you come by the house and, you know, you know listen to you and see how, how it goes. Maybe it'll work out. And I was like, hey, that's awesome, you know. And he said they didn't really need a guitarist. Like, he had a, you know, a guitarist that kind of did both rhythm and lead. He was playing bass, and they had a drummer. They were really just looking for a singer. And I was like, hey, I play guitar a little bit, too. And he was like, oh, we'll bring the guitar. I don't know if we need the guitar or not. But I was super excited, because that's, you know, that's why I started playing guitar in the first place, was to be a singer. And I was like, man, these guys, you know, need a singer. So I went. And uh, the first time I went, it was just me and him, because he just wanted to hear me. He was like, hey, you sound pretty good. Like, you know, let's try it out. And uh, I played with those guys for like four months. And we were, yeah, we had like four or five songs we were preparing. And these guys had done gigs in the past. And so I really thought it was going to go somewhere. And I was going to, it was like a dream come true. You know, I was like, man, I'm going to be like, you know, at Chiringuito in Spain, you know, on the microphone, not having to worry about the guitar and just singing with these guys. And they were pretty good. <clears throat> um, Jay, the guy who's banded, you know, it was his band at his house. He wasn't always super prepared on the bass. I don't know. I think the other two guys were more serious about it. But, um, 
Yeah, it was really going well. And then, man, this one time I went there, and for some reason or the other, the drummer and the guitarist couldn't show up. So I showed up, and they didn't. So it was just me and Jay. And we, always, so we experimented around with some stuff, and we're having a great time. And then at some point, we just started BSing about, you know, life and whatnot. And, you know, Jay has some particular religious beliefs. And, you know, I grew up in Creature's Son, and uh, I kind of, you know, I'm not religious anymore. But we kind of got into, like, some, you know, religious debates. And for me, like, I'm used to speaking with open-minded people where you can talk about stuff and disagree without taking it personally. And I, I walked into that with the assumption that that was how it was going to go. And I should have known better coming from that world. Um, but I really, some of the things I said really offended Jay. And, I, you know, I apologized. I was like, hey, I didn't want to step on any toes. You know, I, uh, you, know, you, you, know you believe what you believe, and I'm, I'm cool with that. You know, I, I'm sorry if I offended you. And it seemed like everything was good. And then, like, two days later, he sent me this message saying, oh, Ephraim, you know, I was talking to the guys, and, you know, it, you know the direction we want to go as a band, and we don't really think you're going to work out as the singer. And, uh, you know, you're good, but you need to work on this and that. And he came out with some stupid shit like that. I came in late, you know. And I'm like, what are you talking about, you know? And then and I was like, hey, I'm really sorry it didn't work out. And, and then you know, I felt really bad because I was super excited about this opportunity. And I was like, man, I, I was, I was going to be the lead singer, and now I got kicked out of the band. And I saw the guitarist, like, you know, a month later at the mini market. And, I, you know, I was like, hey, Brian, how's it going? Well, I'm sorry you guys, you know, decided, you know, you, I wasn't going to work out. I hope things are going well. He was like, hey, that was all Jay. We didn't talk about it. He called us up one day and said, hey, you know, I told Ephraim, you know, we need a new singer. So, and, yeah, he kicked me out because I disagreed with him about God. Um, anyway, maybe it was meant to be because, you know, shortly thereafter, I started writing my own shit. And if I had been a, you know, a lead singer in a cover band, I probably wouldn't have. Well, that's true. It reminds, me, it reminds me of what we were talking about the other day about like the difference between playing in a cover band but then also like making your own stuff like playing covers is fun but if you spend your time you know you have to learn those things especially on guitar and, and singing like that's that's and way more than drums and that's, some of the most talented musicians are playing covers because it's hard to fucking replicate somebody else's song because right? you gotta hit you know a lot of those songs the, the audience knows exactly what it sounds like because they've listened to it hundreds of times right and you got to do it exactly how it is, or else it doesn't sound right. Well, you, yeah. I mean, it doesn't always. I mean, a little improvisation can be can happen. And I know that bands, you know, every time they, like a lot of bands when they play live or whatever, they don't play it exactly the same way every time. They play their version. Of yeah. It, so. But it is, it is a, you know, it's pretty intimidating, especially for a guy that's been playing guitar for you know a couple of years. You know, to get it exactly right for me is really hard. A lot of songs are just too hard for me to play. Um, yeah, like I said, when you're when you have to learn those songs as a singer and as a guitar player, like that's like for for me, like I always tell everybody, fucking like a teach a monkey how to play the drums on a song because it's it's pretty simple, you know. There's not chords and notes and like that kind of stuff going on, right? It's just like you get no every every instrument is is different. I just you know, and also like you know, my voice is like I said, I like singing. But I don't have, like, a great voice. And a lot of the songs we were playing, like, we were trying to do a Jeremy cover. And Eddie Vedder is a fucking awesome singer, you know. And, I, you know, I'm, very few people can pull off an Eddie Vedder and sound that good. Right. And I can't, you know. Um, and I did, you know, I was asking everybody to play it down half a step. 
which they were a little frustrated about. Like for Brian, it was easy because he just down tuned his guitar. But for Jay, it meant he had to figure out the notes on the bass. And Jay was already a little lazy about being prepared. Um, and he, I think he was, he had kind of rubbed it in the wrong way that he had to like modify the song, which I understand because there's lots of good singers out there and it would be easy to find somebody that can just play it in the original key. And I wasn't that guy. So, uh, yeah, that was a major disappointment for me because I was really fucking stoked about the idea of being a lead singer in a band. And then it didn't work out. And uh, it was kind of another hit in an already rough period. Yeah, I remember, I remember talking to you about it. You know, and I had, I had also an experience with that band. Yeah, you knew that guy. And I knew that you guy. Told and I, and I, I, yeah. You told me when I walked into it that he had some interesting ideas. Yeah, and uh, it was just not, you know, like, you don't want to, you can't always try to fit a, a round peg in a square hole. You, you, sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. And you put, when you get into bands, like, that's just... Most of the time, you know, this is how it works, you know? You, yeah, it's important you get along with the members. And a lot of people told me, like, hey, Ephraim, you know, that's just a sign that it wasn't meant to work out. Yeah. And, you know, so don't fucking sweat it. Um, but like I said, I mean, I've been wanting to be a lead singer for a while, and that was the first and only time that anybody made the offer, and it seemed to be working out. So it was a big disappointment for me. So, so after you guys obviously didn't work out, that was, and you already mentioned it, but that was one of the biggest um, impetuses... I don't even know this word. That was a big impetus in your sort of way of writing songs. So at that point, though, you'd already played a shitload, of, learned a shitload of covers when you were first learning. Yeah. And then, and then learning on YouTube and using all those. Th- and then you were going to the school as well. You learned some theory and stuff there, and, you, and then you learned some songs there. And then you that experience with the band. And after that, with all of that knowledge that you gained with learning these songs and learning theory or whatever that's when you started because I remember we used to always talk about you'd be like yeah well I'm not like I'm not very creative in the sense that in inventing something no, out of nothing yeah on that note I got, my first experience with music was I played the saxophone I mean I sang in church but I played the saxophone I started in sixth grade I was pretty good I played all through middle school and then I played, played in my freshman year in high school and I made second chair on the jazz band my freshman year. Like, I, I beat out, like, a bunch of people that had been playing, like, longer than me. Like, I was really good because I've always been pretty dexterous with my hands. But I never, like, I never got into scales. And I you know, I always thought they were stupid and nobody pushed for that. So I could read music and I could play a song. But I never really realized how to, you know, make up something on my own. And you really need to know scales to do that, you know, like to improvise or whatever. You have to know what notes fit in what key. And I never got there. And I hadn't gotten there with guitar either. And I was just trying to play other people's stuff. Um, and, oh, something something else big that really, this was a huge thing with playing with Jay and them and the band is that I'd always, I'd always played guitar sitting down, always. And... It's a big difference standing up and playing to sitting down, and it's a big difference singing into a mic and playing the not, because just the way you're looking at the guitar is different. You know, it just feels different standing up. And that that experience, because I was trying to play guitar along with some of the songs, even if they said they didn't need me to, I just said, hey, it'll be a better, you know, I, I, it'll be more complete if I'm playing rhythm guitar and then Brian could do more lead lines or whatever. So that got me started. Like I bought a microphone and an amplifier, and I started p- trying to play really simple stuff standing up. 
like something that I thought I could manage in front of people, you know, just basic. Because if you've got two guitarists, the one guy doesn't have to be as complicated, and you can sometimes you can split up parts or whatever. Um, so that was a big deal for me. And then really, like, I started get, writing my own stuff because I was fucking depressed. And I think that it's no coincidence that a lot of artists, like, are really sad, <laughs> you know? Right. I feel like it just brings out, like, I needed to vent some emotions, and I, I always was thinking about, you know, my life, and it just brought out, like, the creative part of me that I didn't know I had like my brother was an artist growing up and he was always an artist like he grew up drawing and I was always a little bit I don't want to say envious but you know I was always impressed by that and I never felt like I had a creative side you know like all the things that I had tried to do were you know, they weren't really creative they were just like I tried to juggle I wanted to be really good at something but um yeah I really you know I, my, my relationship had gone south with my wife and then you know, I found myself, like I wrote my first song after I had officially split up with her. We got quarantined a month after I told her I was gonna move out of the house. So I didn't move out of the house. I got stuck there for another six months. <laughs> but the cat was out of the bag and we knew which direction it was going. And so, I, you know, I wrote my first song and it was totally about my, my wife. Like it was kind of just a, each verse was like a section of my life and you know, I talked about how I, like I would, I didn't think I would ever move on, you know, so it was just like, and I came up with like a simple chord progression, and it was down to an old step, but it was just, you know, it was very similar to the chord progression in Hallelujah, and I didn't think of it that way until later. They weren't in the same order, and it was in a different time signature, but, um, you know, it sounded pretty catchy, and I did the verse part, and I actually showed Sabrina, and she was like, oh, that sounds kind of cool, you know, and I, I came up with the words for the verse pretty easily, and then I didn't know what to do with the chorus, and it took me a while to come up with a chorus, and, uh, and that was the first song I wrote, and then, I, like, from there, it was like, holy shit, I can write a song, like, that was a big breakthrough, you know, and it wasn't as hard as I thought it would be, like, something that I learned at the music school, which was really helpful, I can't remember if it was the music school or Justin Guitar, was like, you can look at chords not by the names of the actual chords but as you know you've got one through seven and you just do a progression like you, you, and you can apply that formula to any key and instead of saying hey I'm going to play an A minor and a C and then an E minor you say I'm going to play, play like a one four five progression and and that just says hey I can I can take the first degree the fourth degree and the fifth degree of any scale and it'll sound good, and you can change the key to match your voice or however, and then you can rearrange it. And it sounds like a cheesy formula for songwriting, but it really got me started. And after I figured out that I could create something new, I mean, I wrote 15 songs in like six weeks. It was really, like most of it, I, I moved out of there. Like I wrote that first song, and I was still staying in the house with Sabrina. And then shortly thereafter, it was like I, I moved into an apartment and I had all this free time all of a sudden, and I was super depressed, because I was like, you know, I'm fucking sitting in a little apartment. My marriage failed after 21 years, you know, and I never thought that would happen. My, you know, my idea of life was completely different than where it was going. I was super upset. I had a lot of fucking, you know, I was bitter, I was sad, I drank a lot. And, um, and once I figured out how to write that first song, I just, you know, sometimes like, you know, a line would come to me, 
you know, I, I, I wrote Window was my first song that I wrote, and then Mistakes was the second one. I was driving to work, and it was gloomy. And it's not gloomy and wrote it very often. I was super depressed. Like, you know, that drive to work, man, I... There was so many mornings driving to work, I just wanted to fucking die, dude. Like, it was like a year and a half. No, like two or three years that I knew Sabrina wasn't in love with me anymore, and I was desperate to fix it. And I was just so hurt. And, and you know, so I, so I was, you know, I was just driving to work, and it was gloomy out, and I'm thinking dark thoughts. And I was like, you know, I woke up the other day, looked outside, the world was gray, told myself it would be okay, what was I supposed to say? And I was like, that's a good fucking line, you know? And then, uh, you know, and I was like, I need to come up with a verse for this. And I was in the shower the next morning, and, you know, Sabrina always goes to the gym. And, uh, and I was sure she was going to meet somebody at the gym, you know. Mm. So, I, you know, I, I was just sitting there in the shower, like, singing to myself. And I was like, oh, one, two, three, she belonged to me. Now she's with him. They met at the gym. One, two, three, can't you see? My mistakes won't let me be. And it was like... That's a good line, you know? And then, like, the next verse was just, you know, I counted backwards. Three, two, one, you know. Uh, what was it? I can't think of it now. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, the song just came together. And then, like, and the whole song was just, you know, it was just an A minor and E minor, A minor and E minor. And then a pre-chorus was a C to a D. And then the fucking chorus was, you know, it's all, like, simple stuff, you know? And... And then I figured out a little, like, it was a little bit too simple, and I figured out a little riff in the, you know, in the, the intro and the interludes between verses. It made it sound cool, and it wasn't complicated, and it was something that I could play in front of people and be nervous and not fuck up, you know? And it was just like, and it felt great, because, like, the, the, the verses were kind of quiet, and then the pre-chorus was just a scream, you know? It was just like a really angry, and, you know, and then, then, then the chorus was just angry, you know? And it, it just felt good singing it, and, um, and I actually felt a little bad about the line, you know, and I, I even told Sabrina, like, because we were still talking and getting along for the most part, um, and I was like, hey, Sabrina, I wrote this song, but I feel kind of bad, because he didn't really meet anybody at the gym, you know, I, and I actually offered to change the, you know, I, I fucking, I'd been thinking about it and thinking about it, feeling guilty about this shit, because my vision was I was going to play this stuff at some point in front of people at a bar in Rota where everybody knows us, and I didn't want to get the impro- wrong impression that she had cheated on me, and that's why we broke up, because that's not what happened. So I was like, hey, I can change the line to like, you know, I can't remember what, I was going to change it to something a little bit more ambiguous. And she's like, Ephraim, it's art, you know, don't fucking worry about it, you know, sing whatever you want to sing. If that's what you thought of, that's what you thought of, I'm, don't worry about me. So I appreciated that. Um... So yeah, the, you know, doing the degrees of the scale and having all this inspiration to write shit, you know, that's really what, you know, that was the big launching point to let me write my own stuff. And then, and then I, I, you know, I had so much free time in the apartment. I downloaded this theory course from Justin Guitar, and it was awesome, man. And I, and I stopped, like... Dude, I'm telling you, Justin Guitar, like, for you three people who listen to this, Justin Guitar, his, if you just, I think it's just justinguitar.com, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's just it's JustinGuitar.com. Great, like that. It's great. It's just so many. He's yeah, like the nicest guy in the yeah, world. He comes across a little goofy sometimes, but he like explains shit in a way that you really understand. And you know, and and I've had a lot of influences on my guitar journey, but the biggest, by and large, he was the main influence. And right. so, I, so I downloaded this, you know, uh, theory course, and it, it's just, this shit was long as. I mean, he's still coming up with new lessons on this thing. And I only did like the first like six or seven lessons, 
But he started talking about triads. And it was like, it, made me, it really woke me up and made me see the guitar differently and say, hey, you can play all these chords. Like, I knew, like, the bar chords and the open chords. And, you know, and he, this triad lesson was like, wow, if I do triads, it's like, it's easier to slide between notes. And then I can take a three-chord song and make it sound a whole lot more complicated, you know. And I can still look at the, you know, one, four, five progression or whatever, the, you know, the, the degrees were that I chose for that song. But then I can mix it up and make it sound really cool. And you know, after I did that, I, you know, I, I wrote this song "Weekend Queen," which was I really like that song, and I, you know, I just I'm very proud of it. But it's a two chord song. It's a it's an A minor and a G, the whole time, the entire time. So if I really wanted to just play that song simple, like if I had a whole band together and was doing a live performance, I could just do A minor, G, A minor, G, and then let the band take care of the rest, and it would sound exactly you know the way it's supposed to. But instead, what I did is I, you know, used the triad thing that Justin showed me, and I just started way up high, like up near the 12th fret, and then I fucking worked my way down so that it sounded like, you know, there was a little bit of slide there. And then, like, I, you know, I went to the pentatonic minor scale, and I, I had a way to, like, once I got down to the bottom and finished it with, like, a regular a, a minor, I could slide up through the pentatonic scale to start it over again. It sounded really cool, and it sounded way more complicated than what it was. And it was hard for me to play because I'm not, you know, you had to be exact on the notes and shit. That one, that's one of my more complicated songs to play. But musically, th- like theory-wise, it was super simple. Like even when I went to the studio and showed, I could play that song for Jose. It took him a while to figure out that there were only two chords in the song, and I was really proud of that. Um, but yeah, I got, I got to say, Justin Guitar, it was, yeah, that was a major breakthrough. For me and I use that concept on a lot of my other songs I would just pick some simple chords and then I mix it up with triads to make it sound cooler and, and when you do triads it's easier to do like hammer-ons and stuff too because you're only using you know your three fingers and it's it just you got your pinky free and it's uh that was a major a major thing for me but in the meantime too during that time you were started playing with those uh that Irish Band, right? Yeah, yeah, Bill Brogan and Darren Robinson. That was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, it wasn't my kind of music. Like, I, I, I don't have any background on that. I mean, the songs are cool, and I, and I do appreciate that music. And, you know, Bill was on the, on the uh, banjo, and Darren was playing bass. And it was a different type of guitar. Like, you know, it was kind of like a boom-chicka-boom-chicka boom, chicka, Johnny Cash-type rhythm. And I, I struggled with that a little bit. But I got to say, that really helped me with my chord changes. Because uh, it's fast. Yeah, it really is fast, and you got to be like on it. And there was a lot of chords, like you know, an E7 chord, and a fucking my, you know, the what's that? What's the devil's chord that I fucking hate? The B. Is it fucking B7 or? Yeah, like B minor, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I, know, I hate yeah, that chord. Yeah. And I don't. It, I, I could never do. I have fucking long, like Pan's Labyrinth fingers. But I still can't even do the B. Yeah, you have to squeeze like a lot of fingers into the same fret on that chord, and I hated it. Right. And and that was a good experience for me. And it also gave me a chance to like we did a gig, you know, we we played for St. Patrick's Day at Shamrocks during COVID, which was yeah, it was bad timing to be in a band because nobody was allowed to have live music. But that was my first gig live, and I got to sing a couple songs. And I actually started with the one song that I was singing. I started playing the totally wrong chord progression <laughs> for like the first two bars. And I was like, that sounds horrible. <laughs> and then I looked at my, my little cheat sheet and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> I fucking started on the wrong key. But people were drinking and everybody had a good time. But that's the other thing too. We were playing, play, I mean, you were playing with the, the Rota, you were doing the music school thing too. 
Maybe this was a little bit after the music. Yeah, this was after the music. And then when you started playing with them, and then, you know, you, you learned the fast chord changes and everything like that. But, as you said before, playing with people, playing out in, like, in town in front of people, like, that's a different thing. You can play in your, in your you know, apartment all day that's long. That's like singing in the shower, beer. man. You yeah. sound like a rock star every great. time in the yeah. shower. And then all of a sudden, you, you playing out in town, you because you have to get over, like, performance anxiety and stuff like that is a huge thing and when you're already an artist and you already think that nobody wants to listen to my shit yeah you're always your own worst critic always and then it becomes that much more but then you have to decide sort of to like all right i'm gonna live with this anxiety because if the only way for it to go is for me to do it yeah, it's like it's like anything, like public speaking, jumping out of planes. Like you, there, you can't read a book or fucking take a class to get over your nervousness. Right. You got to do it until you're not nervous anymore. Right. And it's a big leap of faith, and, and it's likely that you're gonna suck the first few times. You are, and that's scary because you don't want to suck in front of people. Yeah, you, I mean, it's like, you are gonna. Suck. And people, everybody's scared of that shit. You know. It, I mean, the big <laughs> that that shit happens to everybody. It happens to people that are, you know, fucking huge. It, it happens to everybody. But yet, you—it's—it's it's a natural thing. Like you have to keep. And that's something you like I, you know, I tell my girls like, oh, so and so is courageous because they do this or do that. And I'm like, well, the fact that somebody isn't scared of something doesn't mean they're courageous. Like, courageous is doing something they're scared of. Yeah, they, you know, they, that's exactly what it is. They weren't born with yeah, a so with we, a courageous yeah, 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 gene yeah, you know, that exactly. uh, and, and the rest of us aren't born with. And some people are more comfortable in front of a crowd naturally than others. But almost everybody is scared of it. And I think a lot of people get the impression that they can never do it. Like, they look at somebody that's already used to it, and they're like, I, I could never do that shit, but you don't know where that person started, or how many fucking shitty concerts they did, or, A fucking you know? million. Yeah, and that's, it's like, you gotta just jump in at some point, and I fucking, you know, I've always been a little bit bad of, about uh, leaping before I look, and sometimes it's got me into trouble, but, uh, you know, I fucking, you know, I did that shit, like, I, I, you know, I, like, Steve Bond let me sing a couple songs with him, you know, and it didn't come out great, like, this was earlier on. But, you know, my first, you know, I went and I played at, um, shortly before I came to Spain, I actually, I played, um, Steve invited me to play a couple songs at one of his gigs at uh, Molly Malone's. And I was like, uh, okay. And I came and I, that night I didn't even bring my guitar because I wasn't sure if I was going to do it. And I didn't want to seem too presumptuous showing up with a guitar, you know. I felt like that would build more pressure. <clears throat> and then I had a couple pints, you know. And I was like, hey, Steve, I'll play a couple songs, you know. Can I down tune your guitar? And he was like, yeah, go for it. So we took a break, and I played like six songs, dude, and I, they weren't bad, you know, I did okay. And, and I have to say that, like, that night there was like 70 people there, mm. but they had all been drinking for a while, and some people were paying attention, some people weren't, and that kind of helped me, because I was like, hey, I'm up here playing, but not everybody's, like, staring at me. Yeah, that's a good crowd, because a lot of times, you, yeah, you can look out and be like, nobody's paying attention to me. Great. I'm so- what makes me the most nervous, though, is playing in front of a small group that knows me. Like, when I played in front of my parents last July, that was the first time they had heard me play guitar, like, with my own stuff. And it's my parents. You'd think I'd feel comfortable in front of them, but I was so nervous, I chopped it to shit. That was awful. I think that, <clears throat> I agree. I think, I think that small crowds are... I think it's more. I think it's more normal because it's more intimate. There's more. There's there's, there's more attention on you, right? There's yeah, and more, there was an expectation there. Like they were waiting to hear me it's, play. But yeah, and, especially and, you know, small crowds of people that you know and yeah, love. Yeah, and I who care about their you. opinion, you know. <laughs> yeah. And it was like I was super nervous. Or yeah, like, exactly. Or, you or, care you know, about their opinion. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's the worst is playing in front of friends or somebody that's like, all right, I'm ready to hear it. You know, let's go. You know, yeah. and then they're standing right at you, you know. Instead, like at a bar, like people are drinking and laughing and fucking, like I said, some people were paying attention to me. But, you know, if, that, if, if I saw somebody staring at me, I'd look over at a table that wasn't, you know. Right. And then, it, you know, it kind of takes the edge off. And uh, so that was a good, that was a good experience. And, you know, another really great experience. Um, and this is kind of funny, like, you know, I, I work with a bunch of, I worked with a bunch of Spanish contractors on the buses, you know, all the girls that did the monitors. And, you know, we talk a lot, like I would meet them in the morning and after work to, you know, hand out updates for lists and shit. And um, the lead monitor is half American. Her name's Kay. And, we, you know, we talked about a lot of stuff, and sometimes we'd have to meet off base to do updates or stuff, like, before the school year started. And she kind of knew about my situation at home. And, you know, she was an older lady. She's in her 60s. She's just a really nice lady, and, you know, I confided in her about some of the things that were happening with, with my relationship and shit. And, um, and it came out that I was writing songs, and she was like, oh, I would love to hear you play, you know. And, you know, I was kind of, you know, I was touched that she really wanted, you know, to hear me play. And she, she has a... Her and her husband spent a lot of time on a farm outside of Rhoda. And I remember, like, we were right in the middle of COVID. And I actually, I was in my apartment, and I needed to drive over to give her some updates. Because I think this was right before the school year was going to start. And I said, hey, Kay, I'm coming out. To, you know, can I come out to the farm, you know, on Saturday and give you these updates? She's like, oh, yeah. And I was like, hey, if you want, like, I can bring my guitar and play my songs for you and your husband. She's like, that would be wonderful. And so I did. <laughs> I went out there and I fucking, I played all 15 songs for her. And she just sat there and she was like super, super into it. And I didn't play, you know, once again, I was kind of nervous because it was a small crowd and I'm right there. It was just her and her husband. But she was like, oh, those songs, are, your songs are great. And I even brought the lyrics for her to look at while I was playing it. And then we talked about like what it meant afterwards. And she like got tears in her oh, eyes a couple times. super cool. Dude. Yeah, it was really neat. And... I don't think you ever told me that story. No, another experience that was cool, like, you know, because I, I knew that I was going to be scared getting on stage. And so I said, all right, how can I, you know, how can I get used to playing in front of people and, and work my way into it slowly? And a buddy of mine from Vicenza that was in a band, uh, Dan Sheeler, um, I didn't know him that great, but, you know, I worked with him for several years. And I remember him putting something on Facebook because he, he, his daughter was half Russian, a beautiful girl, and she was like 12 or 13 at the time. And he had gotten her into music, which is super cool, you know. Like, I think that's super satisfying for a musician to get your child into music. And she was a good singer, and he, he posted like a video of her on Facebook singing at a train station. And he said, you know, and he said in his post, he's like, you know, street performing is really a great way to get stage presence without a lot of pressure because nobody's specifically there to listen to you. And people walk by, some people stop, some people don't. And it's a way to take the edge off. So, you know, when I was in that apartment after splitting up with my wife, for one, I, I didn't want to bother the neighbors because I was sharing a wall with somebody. So a lot of times during the day, I was like, yeah, I can't play loudly, you know, because it's going to bug the shit out of them. And I, I know it would only the shit out of me if my neighbor was always playing guitar. So I was within easy walking distance of the beach. So I would just walk down to the beach with my guitar and play like a gazebo. And, you know, when people would stop, you know, and there wasn't a lot of traffic down there. And there was a lot of gay dudes, you know, that came by. Some of them, you know, really took some interest, which, you know, I'll take flattery where I can get it. Um, but it was a good way for me to, like, break the ice there. And there was this one day I was playing, like, underneath, the, there was, like, this slant, this wooden slant that goes down to the beach. And I was kind of huddled in under there out of the sun. And I was playing on the beach. And it was kind of wintertime, so there wasn't a lot of people. But it was a nice day out. And there was this one couple that walked by me and kind of glanced over while I was playing. They set up camp, like, the husband was fishing. 
And the way the fish rode off the beach, you just stick like a spike in the ground and set up your poles and sit back and watch it. Um, and they were hanging out like maybe 150 meters down the beach from me. And after a little bit, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go down there and ask them if I can play my songs for them. Why not? So I walked down, introduced myself in Spanish, you know, and I was like, hey, I, uh, I'm trying to play some songs. I'm hoping that maybe by this summer I'll be good enough to play Chiringuitos. Mind if I play them for you and you can tell me what you think? And they're like, yeah, go for it. I played that shit, and it was like a super cool experience because they didn't speak English at all, you know, so they couldn't, like, understand what I was saying. But after every song, like, we talked about it, and, like, the emotion came through, and, and they, like... You know, they were really into it, and I felt I was happy because, you know, like I was telling Tyler before, it's important that music makes the audience feel something, you know. And it may not be what you intend, but they have to feel something or else it's not going to mean shit. And I was, I was happy that, like, even if they didn't understand the words, they knew that the song was angry or, or, or sad or, or, you know, ironic or whatever. And, and it was a really, I mean, I spent like an hour between playing and talking to them about the songs. And afterwards, they were like, hey, I would buy your album if you make one, and I definitely hope to see you play on the beach this summer. And that was a super cool experience. And that's when I started to feel like, you know, because you're your own worst critic. And I started to feel like, hey, maybe people would actually like my stuff. Um, so, yeah, and then, oh, on the subject of Kay, like something else that I did, because Kay told the other girls, you know, that, that I was playing music, and all of them were super interested. And then when I found out I had to leave in November, they were like, oh, Ephraim, we wanted to hear you play. We were waiting for you to do, like, a public performance, you know, and now you're leaving. And I, I, I told Kay, I was like, because wanted we wanted to have like a going away thing for me, because I worked with these people for 11 years. And I was like, hey, Kay, why don't, you know, if you'd be willing to host us at your place out there, because she's out in the country and has plenty of space, I can fucking bring my amp out, mic up, and play my songs for everybody if they're interested, because a lot of people asked. And she was like, that would be awesome. So I did. Like, we went out and had a barbecue. I went to the commissary and bought all the food, and they gave me money or whatever. And, you know, we were drinking beer, and, and I had, like, I mean, it was all the girls, and all their boyfriends showed up, some of the drivers came. I had, like, it was, like, 35, 40 people there. And I fucking set up my mic, and that was, like, my first and only live concert. And I played all my stuff, and it came out really good. And, um, yeah, I was nervous as shit, because everybody knew me. But I did all right. Somebody recorded on their phone, and it didn't sound bad. Yeah, you, yeah, you sent me those Yeah, phones. I sent you some. That yeah. wasn't awful. No, it was good. I missed some notes, but I don't think I had any wrong notes. That that one couple you were talking about, was that the same couple that was from Sevilla, and then they, like, the next weekend they brought down... No, like, I forgot about those guys. Yeah. That was another cool experience. I went down to uh, a Chiringuito. Uh, the kids were in Italy with their mother, so I had the house to myself last summer. And I went down, and I... You know, it was pretty crowded at the Chiringuito. There was a lot of band playing, and I was standing in line to get a beer, and they were super anal at this Chiringuito about the COVID rules. So you got to be a single file, blah, blah, blah. And it was kind of a pain in the ass. So I'm standing in line to buy this beer, and there was this couple sitting at, they were in their, like, 50s. They were sitting at a table next to where I was standing in line. And the guy was like, you know, in Spanish, he was like, hey, if we give you money and I buy your beer, can you get us drinks so we don't have to stand in line? I was like, you know, the, no problem, man, and I got it. And then I, you know, bought the beer, and they invited me to sit there with them at the table. And it, and it was pretty crowded, so I had been standing up ever since, you know, since I got there. We started chatting, and I, I told them I'd play music, and they're like, oh, that's cool, I'd love to hear you play, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, we were drinking and having a great time. And I was like, well, I live about a kilometer down there. I mean, they were they, they had rented, like, an Airbnb for the week. I was like, if you want, after we're done, we can go over there, buy some beer. I can play for you in the living room. Right. And they're like, okay. <laughs> and uh, 
And they came back with me, and they, they absolutely loved it. Like, Anna, like, she cried during, like, three songs. And, uh, and once again, they didn't understand English. They were super, yeah, it was Leo and uh, Anna, and they were from Sevilla. And they were like, we're going to tell our friends, and we're coming back in two weeks with my sister and my buddy, uh, I can't remember his name. And I'd love to, you know, come out and, and let them hear you play. And, um, and they did. Like, a couple weeks later, they came back with their friends, and I played again. for There was, there was four, four grown-ups and uh, two teenagers. Played all 15 songs. We went swimming in the pool out back. You know, it was a great time, and they were just super into it. And, you know, and it was just, it felt great. Like, that, there's nothing more satisfying than playing music for people and that they appreciate it. And your music. You yeah, like I mean? mine, you know, and it was like, yeah, I just it really, and stuff like that, like, gave me confidence to say, you know, Hey, your stuff, like, people like it, you know, even if, you know, I, sometimes, because a lot of times I hear people play, you know, like Tyler's playing with this dude, is Josh's yeah. name, that dude's amazing, you know, like, and I, like, my shit is super simple, and I don't even play it that well, like, my producer, my, my, my studio producer said, you know, something I really like about your stuff is it's like, super human because you you're not very good at guitar <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, and he was like and he was like and a lot of stuff you hear out there like you know it's so perfect and, and some of it sounds almost canned and whenever you play like you can tell there's a dude playing it and and i, I thought it was really funny but he meant it like you know yeah it's wholeheartedly a yeah no, I, I, it, I like that too i liked it well, we we talk about that a lot it's like the the human element of music and nowadays just like just like jose said Nowadays, everything seems like it's super polished, like photoshopping a photo. But in yeah, the, you got auto tune yeah, out everything. there. You got all kinds of shit that makes something sound perfect. And don't get me wrong, the stuff that you know came out in the studio, I sound much better, <laughs> you know, than stuff that's live. Well, um, yeah, and there are tricks you can do. However, when you're writing a song, like, like Jay told me, like when I was playing with that dude Jay, he was like, "Oh, you know, you got to use auto tune." I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about, auto tune?" Like. If I can't sing, I'm not gonna fucking sing, you know. Yeah, auto tune is supposed to assist. It's not supposed to be like the lead singer. Even though it was created, like people started using it here a couple and, years. And Jose ago. did say like on one or two of my tracks, he was like, "Oh, I had to tweak a note, like like one note." That, Again, know? that's no, that is sort of normal still. Yeah, and I, and, I'm not, and, I, and I listened to the original. And it sounded good. So if you wanted to make it sound a little better, then that's fine. But yeah. Anyway, yeah, so that's something about my music that I feel like, because it's, like, my music is very personal, and it's, yeah, it's very emotional, and it's, I think the fact that it's so human adds to the, it makes it sound a little different, you know, than a lot of the stuff that's out there. I don't know. Yeah, no, you, the thing is, is when you write a song, I believe, and you write it from a, a, a place where it's real, Right, it's like it was your real emotions, and you use your words and your melodies to express it, but you also use certain chords to express it. Again, there's no scientific sort of mathematical way to do that. You felt that it was right, and because humans, we all have the same sort of insides that, that work us, even though we express those things differently. People can relate to the things that are. Felt. You can't explain it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not able to be be dissected and explained, even though people try to do that. And when people try to do that too much, even even I'm guilty of that, I try to stop myself like, look, dude, it's just fucking magic, and that's it. Right? Yeah, that's more you than know? the sum of its parts. Yeah, and, you know, it's I, just I, magic, <laughs> and, the, and, the, and, that's, and that's what it is, is when people hear your songs, again, like we know, not everybody, right? 
But when, uh, dude, I mean, most people that you've sent your songs to, and even those strangers that you've played your song for, that's they connected with it. You yeah, know? and but, most yeah, people most do. Most people have positive feedback yeah. for me, and I, you know, and I, and, and I, you know, I played at uh, open mic night on Monday last week in Savannah. And there was, I played six songs, and they were all originals. And, and Jose warned me. He was like, hey, if you go play at open mic night, they want to hear covers. So you should get good at some covers. Like, throw in a couple originals, but that's usually what people expect. Yeah. And, the, and the reception mic, yeah. was a little bit mediocre. Like, they, they really commented, like, on one of my songs, there was more applause, and they really liked it. Uh, it'll be okay. Everybody really liked that one. And the sound, the girl that set up my sound wasn't very good. Like, a guy I was talking to at the bar before I did my set told me that he couldn't hear my voice very well. But it wasn't like, I didn't get, like, you know, a standing ovation or anything. But, yeah, like Tyler said, when I send somebody, like, my song and they actually listen to it, you know, closely, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback, and that gives me, you know, hope for a good reception, you know, once I try to get this music out there. Yeah, even though you're not, you don't write the songs for validation, but if you're writing them out, and then now you're trying, because you, you hired Jose, because you want to produce these songs onto an album, and you do that so others, can, so you can share that. Like that's why you. Do and I it. gotta give you credit for that shit, Tyler. Because like I wrote these songs because I was pissed off and sad, and you're the one that told me I should take them to Jose. You yeah. know, I never would have fucking even thought of it. And I, you know, because Tyler was like, "Oh, it would really be great to get like this a good recording to like a metronome, so you can send it to me." Because he was on vacation in, in Spain right when I had first written my first few songs and I had listened to a couple of them. I was like, hey, that's, that's a pretty good song, you know? And he was like, hey, why don't you go to Jose? Like, he's, he doesn't cost a lot of money. I did a couple of cover songs with, you know, the band I was with. They came out really good because I heard them. Like, they did uh, Come Together. And what was the other one? You we did uh, we did our version of My Hero by Foo Fighters. Okay. And then we, we did two more. I don't even remember what they Anyway, they sounded really sharp because this guy's fucking good at his job. So, you know, so Tyler gave him a heads up and we, he linked us up and I went over there and I didn't even, like he said, hey, I want to talk to you about your songs, so why don't you come over? And I didn't even bring my guitar that day because I didn't know what to expect. And he was like, I got there, and he was like, well, why don't you play a couple of your songs for me? So I used his guitar, and I sat there in front of him. And I, in the end, I had 11 at the time. I didn't have 15. And he listened, and I fucked it up because, I mean, talk about pressure. I'm standing in front of a studio guy, you know, trying to impress him, and I was super nervous. But after each song, he was like, that's a good song, you know, like, and he was really, you know, like two days later, he fucking sent me a message and was like, hey, Ephraim, I'm really interested. Like, you got a lot of material. Most people that walk in here, like, might, you know, they want to record a couple covers or they may have one original song. And you got 11 and, you know, like, I really think that, you know, they're good songs and I would like to, you know, normally I charge by the hour, but I'd like to, you know, come up with recordings of all of them and I, and I can give you like a flat rate and just say hey I'll charge you 150 euros per song and unlimited studio time for singing and, and you know the guitar and then I'd like to talk about marketing and I was like marketing I felt like I was like in heaven dude like I felt like a rock star man I didn't sleep I didn't sleep for like 20 days I remember so I would wake up at 3 in the morning and go to work so I could play guitar in the office because I was so excited yeah, yeah, I remember you telling I me like, I was bro, on drugs, I haven't, man. Bro, I haven't slept. I haven't slept in like two weeks. It was so exciting, man, because I, you know, I, I, got, I had this dream in 2014 to be a singer and a cover man, and then this studio like told me he wanted to market my shit, and I, I had visions of fucking you know, girls taking their shirts off and shit, you know. <laughs> it was like, I gotta say, like that was one of the like the highest rides of my life was those 20 days. Yeah. 
and then it kind of, you know, and then I started thinking about the details and all the moving parts required, and, you know, the, the elation wore off after a bit, and it became a little bit more stressful. As it does. But, um, yeah, it was a big deal for me. But I got to thank Tyler for even putting the idea in my brain, because I never, I never thought I'd, be, you know, be trying to fucking put my stuff online, you know. And now I feel like, you know, it's a real possibility. I mean, I've spent a decent amount of money already trying to go that direction, and we'll see what happens. I just, like I said, you know, the times I've played for people and seeing that, you know, most people really appreciate it, and I feel like, you know, it means something to them. And, and I know it means a hell of a lot to me. And something, you know, me and Jose were talking about, you know, I was I love my songs, you know, like, and he was like, that's important. Like, you got to love your songs. And, and he loves my songs, and that's important, too. Like, I can't just walk into a studio and hand out some money, and they're just like, okay, you know, I'll do this and that. Like, Jose really likes my songs. Like, he gets excited. Like, when he when he adds his shit to it, he'll, like, send me a message with, you know, all these, like, exclamation points. Like, oh, no, I did this, and I did that, and it sounds amazing, you know? And I'm like... Like, he's excited about it, and that, that just feels good, you know? And Jose's been around the block, and, I, and I'm really, I'm hopeful, because, if you know, if he likes it, yeah, I think, I think people will like it, you know? And I still, you know, I, I still fucking, not every time, but I still cry when I'm playing some of my songs by myself in my apartment. Like, every once in a while, like, if it, you know, a verse hits me, you know, because some of them are about my kids, some of them are about my father-in-law who passed away. A lot of it's about my ex-wife, which, you know, I've kind of gotten over that. But when I put myself back in the moment when I wrote it, you know, I get, you know, I, even just explaining the lyrics to Window a little bit ago, I had to take a break because I was about to fucking tear up. Yeah. Because it just it takes me back to what the, my state of mind when I was writing that shit. And it was... Yeah, and that kind of stuff is what, again, if it connects to you, it's going to connect to to other people you know? yeah man I wrote that All My Sins song in my kitchen and I drank like six beers and I just I cried for 45 minutes like hard like they were like you know all the words were blurry because I just kept crying yeah and then I had to tone it down like the next day because <laughs> you know? it's like either I have to wait till my parents are dead and gone <laughs> or else you know I gotta change this shit you know? and several of my songs were like that um, you know, there was uh, the song I wrote about my, be- you know, my friend Dean lost his daughter, and I wrote that song, and it was super bitter, you know, about God, and, and I, I came on kind of strong, and I, and I read the lyrics to my buddy Chris, who's a, he's a language arts teacher, and, and Chris was a big influence on my stuff, because I was, I was right in the middle of writing songs when I started hanging out with Chris, and he, he had gone through a split with his wife, so we had a lot to talk about, and he gave me advice, and was a really good person to lean on, and I used to, like, come over with my lyrics and run by him, and, uh, and he'd comment on it. He was always impressed because he was like, he was like, man, like, you know, I'm so impressed with your writing. And sometimes, like, I think sometimes get, people get so good at something that they're, they're too critical of themselves to do something on their own, you know. And I think Chris falls victim to that because he really can, like, analyze writing. And, but I think he would be, you know, intimidated about, and he said as much. I mean, he said, I would, you know, I would have trouble writing my own stuff. But... Yeah, and some of the raw material they came out with, like I said, it was too strong. And I was like, hey, my girl's going to listen to this. My ex-wife's going to listen to this. My parents are going to listen to this. I don't want to gratuitously offend anybody, you know, so let me tone it down a little bit. And I'm not going to say I won't offend anybody because I probably will. But uh, Well, dude, you know, good art has the tendency to offend and to uh, go against some people. Like, Good art isn't there to just make everything fucking happen. Like when you go to a, when you go to a, like a little market in the middle of the street, right? Yeah. And you see, like somebody's, and I'm not 
I'm not dissing or anything, but you see somebody painted some fucking dolphins that are flying over a rainbow, yeah. right? You're not necessarily, not to, not to say it's not, that you're going to say that that's good art, <coughs> right? It's not, good art isn't there, again, to make everything, like, polished and happy. Good art is just, art is just, a, like we said before, is it is an expression, right? And not everybody's going to get that, and not everybody's going to agree with that expression. But, you know, good art is good art. But it's, but I think it's important to keep that in mind. Like, you know, something like I, I watched this, um, this this documentary, Searching for Sugar Man. Yeah, I was. I, we talked about. Yeah, I, think and, I told you. And, about and, that. and you know, this guy Sixto Rodriguez. I mean, he came out with that, music in the in the sixties. Yeah. And I and you know, and he he was really good, and his lyrics were fucking awesome. But I think, and I was trying to figure out like why he didn't catch on in the U.S. And and I think some of his lyrics were just a little bit too racy for the times. Like, a little too dark. Yeah, like yeah, he said some too... some stuff about like religion and things that I think it was just too much, right. you know. And and I don't want to like like I was telling Tyler earlier today, like I, I was careful not to swear in any of my songs, mostly because I knew I was going to be singing them in the house with the girls sitting there. And I didn't want to do that, you know, because I still try not to say the F word about my kids, around my kids. Sometimes I'll do it with my daughter who's 16, but I definitely don't do it around my 11-year-old. And um, and I just, you know, like I said, some of my songs came on pretty strong, and I was like, okay, if no Christians listen to my music, well, you can chalk off 40% of the U.S., you know? And, and I don't, you know, I can still get the message across without being offensive, you know? And I think I, I think I was able to do that. And like I said, a couple of my first drafts of my lyrics, I was like, "Ooh, shit!" The more I thought about it, I was like, "That's a little bit too much effort," you know. But again, man, you're you're not you're not in the game to to please everyone. You know, you're expressing what what, no, what you think. And yeah, I, I understand. Like, um, it depending on your audience, definitely meaning like your daughter and stuff like that to like pull your punches, meaning not using an F word here or not doing whatever. But if you want to express something, I think it should be expressed. But, and with that, as you said, comes the caveat of, hey, listen, you can express that all you want to, but there, that might turn some people away. But that's your decision always, right? Yeah. No, of course. And I'm not saying you should, like, censorship is not, like, there's definitely a fine line there. And a lot of times, I think, especially now, Americans are way too far on one side where everybody's waiting to get offended about something. But another thing that I think is good about art, if you, like, I think a lot of my songs are ambiguous enough that they don't, nece- they won't necessarily, it won't be absolutely clear what I was thinking whenever I wrote it, you mm-hmm. know? And you can interpret it like like Weekend Queen, like my first, you know, my first line in Weekend Queen was, um, I know why I'm going there tonight because she tastes like heaven and I'm weak. And I was thinking about a woman, you know, <clears throat> and I can't remember why I was thinking about it. I mean, I was thinking about women a lot at the time because I just put up with my wife after 21 years. Um, and I was, you know, intimidated by the idea of going back out there in the game because I never had any game in the first place. But that was the first line and I changed it. This is kind of funny. I, I changed it tastes like heaven to taste of heaven because a couple times that I sang it, I was like, I just said it tastes like Kevin. <laughs> and it only takes one time for me to say it tastes like Kevin and no one will hear anything else. <laughs> you know? So I changed it to taste of heaven. But after I wrote the song, I was like, well, shit, this could mean a woman. This could mean fucking alcohol. This could mean, you know, 
any kind of addiction because it's just something that I'm, I keep doing, I keep going back to because I can't help myself, but I shouldn't be, you know? And, and so now when I sing it, it doesn't always, I don't always think of a woman, you know? Or, or my song Angel, like, you know, I wrote it because I wanted some beautiful woman to rescue me from my depression and validate my manhood again, you know? But after singing it a couple times, I was like, shit, it could be my guitar that was my angel or fucking, you know, like, it just was, you know, so it could mean something, it even could mean something different to me, and I think it's cool if, like, an audience can get the emotion but apply it to their own lives or their own situation, and it makes... You know, the, the images that come to their mind when they listen to it isn't necessarily the same as it as comes to mind, you know? And I think that's good if art can mean something different to whoever's looking at it. And that doesn't mean, like, you know, some songs should deliver a specific message, and there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, I, like I said, I didn't want to offend anybody. And, I, and honestly, like, yeah, I don't like to step on people's toes. And, and, I, and I am careful about... You know, like, like that conversation with Jay that went south, I would have handled it differently if I had been more conscious of my audience because I, I understand what it's like being religious. And, you know, and if you feel strongly about something and I don't, like, why am I going to fucking pick your shit apart, you know? Like, just to make you feel bad or whatever? Like, there's no point in that. Like, right. I wasn't trying to convince him not to believe it. I just thought I could have an open discussion with him without him being offended, and I was wrong, and I should have been more careful, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um... So anyway, and I, I joke around with Sabrina because now she knows I'm putting this stuff out. She's like, people aren't going to think I'm a total bitch. I was like, <laughs> and I was like, you should be flattered. And I wrote a whole album based on this woman. They're going to think you're like the coolest thing since sliced bread. And she was laughing, you know. It's like, yeah, I guess that's true. You know? So how can people, if people wanted to look you up, how can people do that right now? I mean, it looks like my... I don't have anything online right now, so if you look me up right now, you'll see some random article I wrote as the bus transportation guy in, like, 1990, you know, whatever. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just going to be my, it, I think my website is just going to be com, which is a bitch to spell. Yeah, um, it's a P-H, not an F. Yeah, so it's, it's, uh, it's just E-P-H-R-A-I-M-W-E-R-T-Z. Dot com? Uh, yep, dot com, that's it. Yeah, apparently Jose already purchased the domain. Um, he's got like a template set up as a blog type thing right now. <clears throat> I don't know what the f- final product will look like, but it looks pretty sharp the way he has it set up. And I think there'll be links to like, he wants to set me up with Instagram and you know, Facebook and a YouTube channel. Um, and all that, you know, I'm hoping that I got to squeeze a lot of work into these 10 days as I go to Spain. Because, um, you know, I could have tried to switch to a studio in America on this. But for one, I think it would have been more expensive. And two, like, Jose knows my stuff, and he does a great job. And I really and I, I really feel a lot of loyalty to him because he's got a small studio. And he What's could, it called? What's his studio called? It's uh, Urban Bros Records. And that one's easy to spell. So if you want to look him up, just type in Urban Bros Records, and it'll pop up. He, yeah, he does an amazing job. And I think he was just... He's just been looking for the right artist, you know. And I, I mean, he does a great job promoting people, but you gotta promote yourself too. And I saw some of the stuff that he did. There was this German guy that has a YouTube channel, and the dude's fucking amazing. Like he dances, he sings, he's good looking. He's a hell of a lot better singer than I am. And he never really took off. And Jose said it's because he's lazy about social media. Like you gotta do, you, you gotta put a lot of effort into it after it's out there. It's not just a matter of having being talented or having good material but you really got to promote yourself and I, I'm, I've always been bad about social media so that'll be a challenge for me hmm. but Jose does a really good job and I'm 
you know, so I really wanted to stick with him, which means trying to squeeze, you know, these four songs. Like, he'll have the audio versions done by the time I get there. Three out of four are already done. Um, I want to re-sing the fourth one because I did it early on, and I didn't, I was, I was had a really bad cough, and it didn't, I didn't have as much force in my voice. So I, I think I'll, uh, I'll, I told him I wanted to re-sing that one when I go. And then, um, and then we got to do four videos, which... I mean, I told him, like, the ideas for the videos, and he's confident that we can probably knock them out in three or four hours each. Um, and the kids will be in school while I'm there, so I'm hoping that I can get all that stuff done. So, And then, obviously, once we get the raw footage done, he'll take time to record it and edit it, and he'll bounce ideas off me, and we'll probably do a little bit of back and forth about what I like, what I don't. Um, <clears throat> but I'm hoping to, to have this stuff out there for people to see by, you know, late May, early June. And then, you know, I, I got to figure out how to fund the rest of the project because neither me or Jose has money to just to front this, you know. So we'll see how it works with the first four songs. And then I, I got 11 more that, you know, they're done. I just, I just got to get them out there. And then hopefully, I'm hoping that if I get, you know, some sort of following online, I might be able to drum up interest here in Georgia for, to get some musicians together, do some gigs. Like Savannah's a really good town for music. Yeah. Um, and you know we'll see where it goes. I mean, I might do solo performances if I feel like I'm ready. I might you know get with, together with one or two more musicians. It could go a lot of different directions. I'm just I'm excited to take this next step. You know, it's been it's been just over a year since I wrote these songs, which I guess doing 15 songs and get them out there in less than a couple of years is. Pretty, you're doing pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, you're doing pretty good. But I'm 44. <laughs> the clock's ticking. <laughs> and the natural, the, I think the natural self, the, the self-promotion deal like, like Jose's talking about, but you did that when you were in Spain. Like all those stories you told of like telling people, hey, can I play my songs in front of you and just let yeah. me know. That's the kind of... And now I'm pointing at the gas station that I can walk through from my house. <laughs> the gas station where? Is that way everybody can go find you? Glenville, Georgia. It's the Jet gas station on Veterans Boulevard. No, it's super cool, man, because like, I, I go out there and play. Like There was a homeless guy that hangs out there, Johnny, and we always BS, and I'll smoke a cigarette with him while I go over there. He's super cool. And he was like, well, if you play guitar, why don't you come up to the gas station and play guitar? I'm like, are you serious? Like, yeah. I'm just going to say anything. I like it, man. Nothing goes on in Glenville. Sure enough, I went up there and asked the girls inside who were all super friendly. I was like, can I play in front of the store? I was like, yeah, go for it. And every time I go up there, like, you know, not everybody stops, but a lot of people would stop. And, like, some of them will give me money. Some of them were like, can I, you know, I had a few people video me on their phone and ask me, like, they're like, oh, you should go on America's Got Talent. You know, you're really good. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, and it's, and it's like a low-pressure way to play in front of people. And, you know, every time somebody stops and, like, looks at you, you get a little nervous. But... The more you do it, the more you get used to it. And just having the positive feedback gives you confidence. And uh, So, yeah, I'm trying to promote myself. And even, like, last night, I mean, we went to that bar, and I yeah, I told a couple of people that I was getting something. And if I had actually had a website with stuff on it, you know, yeah. that would have been a much better deal. Because now I'm like, oh, I got some songs that will be out there. Yeah, you got to get it out there, dude. Yeah. So, yeah, I got to start. And hopefully once I get my foot in the door, one thing will lead to another. And, um... Yeah, I hope a, I hope a lot of people get to hear it. All right, dude. Thank you for the talk. I Thanks, love man. You. I love you, man. Love you too, bro. And that's it. All right. See ya. <laughs>